Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Benefax. Today, we are doing a request, and that request is Sayonara Wild Hearts. Do, 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 do. The Wild Hearts are the youngest hearts, and they're here for you and your friends. Are, are, are we done, Mike? Yep. to go on a journey of self-exploration and music and lots of colors are my good friends craig yo or and Say sayonara Mike. no that's at the end hello my beautiful people look craig you could have saved sayonara for the end and mike you could have said hello all you wild hearts i mean oh, guys oh yeah, let's get it together we are we are terrible at this uh, Craig, why don't you kick us off by letting us know this, how this got suggested, why it got suggested, who did it, all that. Yeah, nonsense. yeah. So this was suggested some time ago now, round about Christmas time. In fact, just before Christmas, but it's taken us a while to get around to it. It was suggested by someone I know, who shall remain nameless, called Ian, who messaged me one day in an absolute frantic mess saying, Oh my god, Sayonara Wild Hearts, game of the year, you've got to play it, it's amazing, it's sublime, you've just got to do it, get it now Craig, get it now. And this went on for, you know, like hours and hours and hours of constant messaging, do it, do it, do it. So I eventually downloaded it um, and had a wee shot of it and that was, that was it, that was the story. I got back to him and I said, Jesus, man, um, <laughs> and that, <laughs> can I, that, that was the entire okay. interaction. So yeah, it's good. It's nice doing a request though. Like I, th I genuinely think like I like doing requests more than I like playing games that you people have picked that I don't want to play. You know, like if it was between it was between two, I'd rather play games that I didn't want to play from people that I didn't know. Mhm, mm mhm. Mm so you don't like us anymore? That's fine. Um, no, no, I'm not we're saying that. I'm just saying that the podcast a little today, and. Oh. Um, Craig, you've been made redundant. I'm sorry. Best of I, luck to you. You can't actually, you can't make me redundant just now because I'll just pull the coronavirus card. Ooh, touche, sir, touche. Uh, anyway, we are here to provide entertainment away from, uh, from the, the insulation going on right now. We want you to listen to this and be transported to a magical place where you hear three nerds talking and they don't shut up. What do you so, mean three nerds? Luke isn't here. And I'm not a nerd. Um, oh, oh, so while me and Mike were playing games, you were too busy drinking beer and crushing puss? Is that what you're saying? Well, in Skyrim, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, that's fair. That's fair. You play Skyrim, you're not a nerd. All right. Okay, so uh, quick stats out of the way. This was developed by Samogo. And it was released for the all the consoles, your PlayStation 4, your Switch, and the iOS in September of 2019. Later on that year, it got to Windows. And uh, wow, February 2020 is when it hit Xbox One. So fairly recently. I wonder what the holdup was. Um, it, the director was Simon Flesser. And I think more importantly, especially in this case, the composers were Daniel Olson and Jonathan Eng. Also, it was made in Unity. Uh, well, guys, uh, what do you say we crack into this? I think, yeah. unless we're careful, this episode might be as long as the game, Sayonara Wild Hearts. Mm. Um, mm. First off, what did you guys play it on? Uh, PlayStation 4. Yeah, same here. And I played it on the, the PC. The PC. Wow. Um, so... How much did it cost on the PC? It cost a reasonable sum. Yeah, same, same here. Uh, just in case you're wondering, it did cost uh, $14.99 in the US. Uh, Craig? Okay, I think it was $11.99 on the PS4 here, which tallies up right. I mean, I've seen it go on sale since a couple of times, which is a bit mm -hmm. of a kick in the head, but, you know. Yeah. It's no big shakes. Yeah, it's, it's one of those. As you've alluded to, it's reasonably short, but I think 
for the amount of oh, it's a wee bit, it's a wee bit further on, but for the amount for the actual production value of it and the packaging of it and everything, it's actually worth it as a piece of you know like interactive art. Well, um, okay, so just out of the gate here. This is not going to be our usual episode where we're cagey about story bits and whatnot because yeah. there isn't much there or anything. But this is a quick one-off thing, mm-hmm. um, mainly because of how long how long it is. If this was longer, we might break it up into the usual pattern. But since it's so short, uh, what would you guys say the runtime is? About forty minutes to an hour. Yeah, yeah for the main for the main fifty minutes bit of the story. Yeah, uh, if you play with kids. They want to replay the levels. It takes significantly longer. It's my shot. No, it's my shot. Okay, fine. Both of you have a shot at level one. That kind of conversation. I mean, I, I guess uh, you could probably extrapolate it a little bit to like, uh, what would you say, two, three hours if you're going for all the cards? The truth is... Yeah. The- uh, well, well, yeah, the, there is that angle, but that, how about the other point that... I didn't actually see this, but doesn't it allow you to just skip levels as well? Yeah. yeah, you can. You can skip if you fail the level maybe two or three times. It says, like, it's actually really genuine. It just says, we want you to really enjoy this story. So, do you want to just give this level a buy? It doesn't say that literally because that would be amazing if it said, do you get a buy? <laughs> but it, it gives you the option and it explains that it's, it's more focused on the story and the experience than the gameplay. Well, uh, okay. So, first off, let us talk about how you feel because, Craig, I do feel a little bit different to you on your – and this is a terrible way to judge games, but it is something you have to get into uh, – your dollars versus time ratio. Like – Yeah. Um, I don't mind paying, you know, $10 for something that lasts an hour or so. That's fine. That's no big shakes. I'm not going to do it as readily as saying buying something that costs 10 that lasts me like five hours. It's just – it's yeah. further down. Um, this one stung. Like, yeah. once I were like, oh, oh, it's this short. Um, and uh, I, oh, God. So I was just going to say, straight after I finished it, I had a lot of goodwill towards it. And I think I was more generous in my mind. Like, if we'd recorded in the days following completion, I would have been a lot more positive on that point. But the more I think about it, the more I think this costs the same as Dragon Age Origins. Yeah. You know, I'm like, ouch. <laughs> Ouch! But that's back. It loops back into my point at the start, where if you if you take a step back and you look at it as interactive art, as something like it looks like the rest of the game or a lot of the games they they play, there's more of a purpose to it than just gameplay time. Uh, which but, one we'll definitely touch on, Mike. Yeah. How did this uh, did this rankle you at all? So, so as someone who bought uh, Vanquish the very first day it ever came out on the uh, PS3. I found that was a game that I had completed in probably about six hours, but I felt, even though I'd spent 40-odd pounds on it, I think they threw in a free copy of Bayonetta as well, which was really odd, even though it was a PS3 version. But um, I like, I really soaked it up. Every single minute of that experience, it felt like I was getting my money. You know, the game could have just only been six hours, but I felt like I had the complete experience. I completely enjoyed it. Felt worth every penny, even though it was admittedly a lot higher priced than the usual thing. But here again, yeah, as uh, you know, this this cuts this cuts the value proposition lower, and I'd argue Vanquish is quite an exceptional game. So, you well, know, it's high octane too. So by the end of it, you're like, "Whew, ready yeah, to put that yeah. down." Exceptions can uh, be made that's... for extremely packed games, and this might not really fill that quota. So, yeah. A bit, yeah. a little yeah, bit of a stinger. I think it is, but I mean, I I always try and look more on the positive side of things. But meh. so, what if we do? were in a uh, life of Brian situation and we were all hanging off crosses, you would be the one that starts singing "Look on the Sunny Side of Life." Oh God, yeah, you got to, you okay. got to. I mean, in that kind of situation, what else are you going to do? I kind of had you pegged more as a Michael Palin guy, but you know what? That's fine. But just to, just to bring us back quickly, I think that this is a this is a funny point to just say we probably don't play enough indie games or sort of like you know jump into that angle. And, and I think from that approach, you could say it's like an overdue return to see just what the most hyped indie games are like. And 
you know, wherever, wherever mm. they are a value proposition, and still no, still no, the answer is no. <laughs> now, you know, see, now, see, now, uh, see, the reason why I don't play a lot of indie games, and it's a good talking point, might as well get to it, is 90% indie games are, are shit. They're either one-note games, or they're one-joke games, or they're games that somebody's done before, but somebody just took it when, oh, let's put a little bit of a twist on it. And the most indie games are kind of garbage. Um, you have your standouts, like your, your Meat Boys and your Isaac, and I know I just did two from the same people, but your Gungeons, your Castle Crashers, and, you know, you have your ones that really stand out, and those are the ones I play, but because they're meaty. Most indie games are not very meaty at all. Yeah, there is, there's a kind of, there's a, there's, there's the, a middle ground of indie games, if you look, there's the indie games from beginning studios and wee bits that are just adapted games but then you do get that sweet spot and it's that that sweet spot is beautiful like and even into something like stardew valley or celeste or something like that yeah, or steam would, world dig or something with a yeah, little bit of oomph to it there's just something in there and it it seems to be a it seems to be a particular type of developer that ends up popping those games out and goes on to do something really good right the way through the bastion and yeah transistor and you know, like, or even more recently, NBA, N- NBA Magic Jam or whatever the fuck the last one was Pyre? <laughs> Close. That's the one. Uh, yeah, even <laughs> stuff like Hollow Knight that I don't like necessarily. Yeah, it's still, it's yeah. still got some meat to it. I mean, uh, especially on Steam or Switch or, and it's even trying to get that way on the PlayStation and Xbox. You've got to shovel through so much garbage to try to find. I mean, yeah. let's be fair. My favorite game, like ever, the year it released was was Shovel Knight. Which is the very yeah. definition of an indie game. Or this year we played, you know, Bloodstained. I mean, I'll play them. It's just I don't want to go shoveling through shit to get to the diamond. Yeah. I think that's it's the unfortunate way stores are going is they're starting to look like mobile app stores. Especially the eShop. And yeah. Oh, the eShop's disgusting. The eShop is actually, like, I despair when you look at that because it's it's not even good filters to get to what you need to get to it. It's just awful. But the PlayStation Store is going that way as well. Yeah. And more and more sales pop up, and it's it stopped delineating between what's indie and what's AAA release. It's also, the I don't know if anyone's noticed, but they've taken away the option to filter for online only or digital only. It used oh, to be able really? to hit digital only. And that's what I would always do in a sale. I would tick digital only because I would only buy a game that was digital only in the sale, if you see what I mean. And you can't filter for it anymore. This does highlight where where all this journalistic stuff comes into use, though, because it keeps it keeps your tabs on when a game's coming out, so you know how to how to dig through the pile and grab what you actually want. Yeah, but I, I mean, I've noticed if something hits cream of the crap, like uh, Hat in Time, where that mm. I mean, that just exploded. Everybody was talking about Hat in Time. So for the most part, I've, I've yet to play an indie game where I went, oh, wow, this is cool. I've never heard of it before. It seems like uh, yeah, everything yeah. good are things that I've heard of before. Yeah, and it's, it's yeah, I'm not even going to go there. But yeah. This this is the end of the this is the end yeah. of the podcast conversation. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> no, pleasure. We've we've managed to talk for twenty minutes and barely touched on the game we're supposed to be talking about. Okay, so all that uh, indie indie bias aside, mm-hmm. um, luckily this is not an indie game that decided an eight bit look will be really cool and original. Uh, instead, this goes for a really cool, almost cell shaded look, like. I can't think of anything else that goes for quite this uh, visual aesthetic. Like it's sort of like if you put textures on res, maybe. Uh, there is anything coming to mind for you guys? There is some come to mind, but it's popped out my mind. Ah. But it's another endless runner type that does this very neon. I was thinking something like sort of like is it Tank Wars or what's what's the one Rebellion came back with in VR? Uh, oh, um, uh, Battle Rainbow Zone. Battle Zone, yeah. I got that sort of vibe from it. I'm not sure, but. Uh, but we're mixed with, I don't know, something else. It's like if you mix Double Dragon, Neon, and Battle Zone. Yeah, yeah that'll work. That'll work. Mm. And personally, personally, first impressions, I think this is quite quite a visual thing. Maybe maybe throwing something like Tempest 2000 as well into the mix. Ooh, very good poll, yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, so I... it's a good looker. It's a good looking game to start off with, definitely. And it's 
And it also pulls that sort of uh sort of like pseudo fifty one sort of angle with how it how it frames things, I think. You know, like uh No More Heroes, like Killer Seven, that sort of thing. A lot of I mean not you know, not in terms of what the game actually is, but in terms of how it frames it. Oh, but like the Dutch of, angles kind of thing? Yeah, cool mm. cool sort of cinematography. I, I, I do like a hell of a... There's a lot yeah. to admire about this game, as short as it is. There's a, there is... Yeah, I, th- a I think that's stuff. where I'm split. Mm. There's... Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm a, as soon as I booted up, I was like, oh, this is really cool. I haven't seen anything like this in a while. And then, I mean, you almost instantly start playing the game, and it's a barrage of really cool colors and designs on your eyeballs. Now, uh, Craig. Yes. Why don't you explain to the nice people how the game actually plays, if you can? Yeah. Um, the majority of the game actually plays like an endless runner. You are either going left to right or straight ahead in good old amplitude fashion. And you're moving left to right and essentially picking up things, jumping and dodging things. Uh, there are other mini bosses and boss fights that play out a bit like musical quick time events, but they're very uh, they fall a bit flat at times. I suppose for me they're a bit. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. I think whenever it done that, it whenever that popped up because I was playing with the kids, they were like, "Oh, daddy, you do this bit," and I'm like, "Oh, fine, I'll do this bit," and it became like I was doing the not fun bit <laughs> because they were having fun with the rest of it. Do you know what I mean? Um, as and it's 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 just it's a really kind of quite like it's the definition of aesthetic to me. It's just really quite beautiful and lovely. And sometimes you'll be facing side on, and then you'll the camera will shift, and you'll do that thing, and you'll land on a motorbike, and you'll just keep going, and the music's playing, and it just it feels like more than an endless runner. It feels like an experience. Sometimes, uh, like like the two touchstones my brain hit was. Um... Number one is Pepsi Man, because why not? Pep- it it kind of plays like Pepsi Man. And then other parts of the game kind of play. Uh, if you ever played Ninja Blade, it's kind of like that with its quick time related bosses. Mm-hmm. In this, it's a little weird because they're sort of on musical cues, but not. It, it's not yeah. quite like something like that, Rhythm Heaven. That flipping through me because that's I would have went in with Rhythm Heaven. And being like, this is exactly, I know what I'm doing. I'm going to go to the beat, but it's not. So the beat is slightly off, but I, don't, I mean, whatever. There's no monkey whatever. serving you golf balls. Just sadly. to remind us, did Ninja Blade, is that the From Software? Yeah. A- action. Okay, okay. Like Ninja Guy then sort of esque. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. It was an interesting little game. Yeah, okay, okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, I'm, then, I'm surprised uh, to hear uh, that pop up all of a sudden in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then towards the later half of the game, um, you know those those uh, levels where you're on paths, but they end in ramps, and you got to try to land on the other yeah thing. The yeah. other ra- it kind of reminded me of like you know the rail sections in like uh, Psychonauts or Ratchet and Clank, where it's like okay, oh, I gotta, yeah, 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 it's kind of a mixture, but they're all in this same. Funnily enough, one one game I was playing at the same time was a uh, was Astral Plane, and um, Astral Plane has a few pretty weird sort of little little drive along on your motorbike, shoot people bits, and and there were bits which made Wait, me think. You hold on, you're breaking up. Did you say oh. Astral Plane or Astral Chain? Oh, uh, oh, sorry. Oh no, 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 that was a mistake. Astral Chain, Astral Chain. I don't know where. Okay, but it is based on the Astral Plane and all that sort of rubbish, but. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I was gonna say, um, my quick Doctor Strange on us. Funnily enough, I'd, at points, uh, I mean, I I played these almost back to back, and I was thinking, hang on a moment, I'm sure I just saw this in in the other game, and you know, they're both both quite. I mean, that's a weak point of Astral Astral Chain, to be honest. But at the same point, it's it's, it's probably done better here. I don't know, they do it quite well. Yeah. Um. Uh, one thing I do want to touch on because it seems like, uh, kind of like Celeste. Right, uh, the stories seem to have really cracked home with a lot of people. Um, I can't say it's bad. I can't say it's good. It it kind of didn't have an impact on me. It was like, oh look, there's a nice lady. Oh, she went through a breakup. Oh, Queen Latifah is saying she's having a really bad time. Let's try to get her out of this bad time. That, that was that was about it for me. There was nothing for me to connect with really. Yeah, and therein lies the question: Did anyone? I didn't realize it was Queen Latifah until the end credits. 
Oh, Did, God, anyway. Absolutely not. Okay. But she does a fantastic job. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it, it, it just it does. It's the kind of thing that you're just like, this is good. This is good. Oh, my God. It was quite, so it was. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, major props to her. I mean, I mean, we'll touch, talk on the music later, but um, how mm-hmm. well she does the narration kept me interested in it when otherwise I wouldn't yeah. have been. And uh, the I know this is weird, right? But the only the thing that I think might have made me a little more interested in it is if they peeled away one layer of obfuscation off of it. Like, um, yeah, I get it that uh, the two girls that are fighting back to back are an analogy for what's going on in this lady's life. But I'd kind of be more interested if they weren't, you know, mask wielding ninjas. Mm-hmm. Might be a little more interested if you actually told me the the life end of it, not the. Here's the weird gamey end of it. It's kind of like Persona if all you had was, you know, the dive sections. Yeah, I see what you mean. But this is just one dive, I suppose, then, in that context. One very long very long dive uh, through many different places, I guess, sort of. You know, a lot, yeah. a lot of people have made the Persona connection for this game. And, I, and, and for me, I don't know. I don't really... I've never been a... a tarot sort of guy so i'm not really that fussed but the, can anyone explain all the all the frequent use of tarot cards in the in the game and what what it's supposed to signify they're supposed to just mean about fate just... of the relationships or something like that or no, no no okay so so the way the way i got it and this could be wrong because this is open to interpretation but each one of the tarot cards represented a um an archetype of a person that she had a relationship with okay yeah, right. That was the only thing I could pull from it because there were some in here that aren't actually like astrological or tarot, if I remember correctly. Like it's not just the fool or the king of cups or death. You know, there were some, and it's not just your Gemini, Capricorn, that nonsense. Keep in mind, I know about as much about tarot cards as Mike knows mm-hmm. about the making of Jumanji. Oh, so I just I watched. I watched the second that- Jumanji movie today, so I do know a lot. Oh, I, I know man. that Kevin Hart was in it and um, Wayne Johnson. Was no, in no, it. no! I'm talking Robin Williams. Oh, I've seen that. I saw that uh, in cinema, unfortunately. Uh. <laughs> just to just just to close that that loop of thinking, the the three main bosses are they are act they're all tarot card characters. I don't even know what to call them, but it's it's legit tarot. It's not yeah. they're not made up things. I thought there were ones in there that weren't though. No, because apart from the usual tarot deck you get like tarot cards have rulers so those these are the oh, higher class gotcha. of tarot cards like the hierophant because there's a yeah. hierophant um what you call him in the Persona? hangman the bar guy the hang yeah yep yeah i mean there there is well plus i mean the link to persona would also be the masks but persona has mm-hmm. more to do with your psyche than this does. Yes. So I didn't draw a connection or persona other than, oh, hey, it yeah. looks like a Joker mask. I think it's quite, that, that quite a superficial it. connection, but I mean, you know. Um, so did the story hit you guys at all? Uh, no. Uh, I I think even, even with something like Celeste, I think technically speaking, Celeste should have hit home with me because of the issues they're in. But I think actually, I don't. I just think that that medium isn't there, and it's not going to knit into me in that way, and it's not going to get to me. So even if, say, I am depressed, lonely, and um, going through a tough time with anxiety, and a game comes out where a depressed, lonely, anxious person overcomes this somehow, it won't hit home. I just, I, it just doesn't happen for me that way. Um, it, it does for me in some cases. Like, like sometimes a game can hit me kind of hard. Um, yeah. In this, uh, and I'm not saying this is bad in any kind of way. It's just there was nothing for me to relate to, yeah. At all. So it's, and I mean, if you relate to it, that's great. That's awesome. You know, props for being uh, represented in media. But uh, yeah, nothing for me. I, mm-hmm. I think that per- Although, personally, mm-hmm. it. This this gonna be an odd one, but I I have a bit of a hard time sort of relating to to you know cases which are very strong for other people in a lot of cases, and and I feel like sometimes I want to be part of you know what's happening, sort of trying to understand, but I, at the same time I sort of understand that I know myself, I'll probably never really give enough shits to be honest, 
Um, <laughs> now, I, I, I mean, emotionally, I think the game did get me a tiny bit towards the end, and it sort of it did its job, despite my cold, mm-hmm. cold, unbeaten heart. Sat there, so watching. so a normal British person is what you're saying. Yeah, but, but I mean, you know, I've, you know, I've never, I've never thought that I'm anything apart from just a, a heterosexual guy who's got a kid and stuff. And uh, you know, I'm, I'm not. I don't think I can fully open my eyes to understand anyone else's way of life. To be honest, I, d- I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. But no, I mean, I mean, I, the best we can do is three white dudes who are are you know in long relationships with kids is empathize that's really about it mm. there I, I don't think we could pull a personal connection to it yeah like the, the games that get me are the games where it doesn't matter what situation but like i always bring this up when i talk about sobbing at the end of games but something like valiant hearts that broke me <laughs> absolutely not. and i have got absolutely no connection to what those characters went through and that but it's a dog like an, a, craig a dog i know oh, honestly spoilers i've, I've I still just, not played oh, it I, i'm still the person who turned left oh, and left the mike, game at the start okay. mike it's <laughs> it's good because not only not only do you get that but it teaches you about the war it's it's a great game it's great <laughs> play it play it uh no no yeah like, like i'll have games hit me but um even ones that are almost designed to hit me don't always hit me hmm. like uh yeah. a good one is walking dead Right. My my daughter was about Clementine's age, and you know they, they played off the whole relationship, but that did nothing for me really. Yeah. It was not yeah. oh I really feel in this situation. But then something like Final mm-hmm. Fantasy fifteen, I'll be you know frog in the throat, little bit of a tears coming that, down the cheek. It, it I don't know why. Frog in the f- that was the one that I got up at like four in the morning because it was so close to finishing. It was midnight, and I was like oh my god. So I went for a nap, got up at four, and by like six in the morning, I was bawling like a fucking idiot <laughs> and laura came down the stairs walked into the room and then just did a comedy reverse back out the room <laughs> uh yeah yeah so so for me and i can't say the same if say uh you identified with this it wouldn't hit you i hope it does because that's awesome when it does happen but for me it, it seems almost scattershot of what hits me like i'll still ball my eyes out at the end of glory every single time because oh my gosh poor matthew broderick it's good. but um yeah, it, it seems to be scattershot for Mega. I mean, do you guys find yourself more uh, emotionally vulnerable when it comes to other types of media, like movies or books? Uh, it, or music. Very weird, no. very weird thing here, <laughs> but um, I do get uncontrollably emotional at the at the credit bits on a lot of movies. I don't understand a hundred percent why, but I'll I'll always sort of like mm. you know like well up and be like, oh, that's the end of the. I don't get yeah. it. It's like I, I even do it for the end, end credits of games, but it's it's like it's yeah. a well, it's over. I think the, the problem, <laughs> yeah. The, the thing with that is, and I get that as well. Like with every every film I watch with the kids that has some sort of emotion attached to it, if you get sucked into that, no matter what yeah. it is, the credits signify the end of that, and it's like you've been holding back that and controlling it, and the credits are your sign to release. So, like then the Toy Story three. You're like, oh my god, that was that was an absolute roller coaster. Boom, crying. That's, ah, see, just... I'm like I'm kind of the opposite. Credits hit. It's like, all right, what's next? No, I always have a minute, and I'm like, oh my god, I need to sit here and just reflect. So, uh, yeah, when it comes to the story, uh, I don't want to spoil the story because arguably that would be like the one thing you would want to shoot for in this if you haven't played it. Mm-hmm. The story is kind of what yeah. makes it interesting and a little special especially if you connect to it. So I don't want to spoil it per se. Let's just say there's a lot there, but not a lot there. It, it's very strange. Like um, the emotionality is very strong, but there's not a lot of narrative there. Yeah. I would actually argue over that. No, hang on. I don't even know how to start that again. So I'll just keep going. And do you know, do you know what one weird, one weird way s- of looking at it would be that if, if the game is so short in the first <laughs> If the game's so short in the first place, how can you fully get emotionally attached and like be able to digest everything that's thrown at you when it's only running for about 50-odd minutes? Well, the only thing I can understand is, or, or guess is, before Craig goes back to his original point before he was rudely interrupted, um, is if you immediately identify, if you find yourself in the same position as this woman, bam, you are immediately invested in this. 
Like if, if you're playing mm-hmm. a JRPG, Mike, and it's about a guy in his 30s with a kid and a wife, you're immediately going to snap into that character a little more. Mm-hmm. So, And even if you're not in that position, the 120 hours that you're going to play it are <laughs> going to get you. <laughs> you know, so either way, you're in, in for a penny, in for a pound. My original point was to try, smoothly transition over... My biggest argument internally for the cost of this and the fact that um, it's not the gameplay, it's not the story. To me, it's like an interactive music album because the music is fantastic. So when it comes down to cost, you might expect to pay a tenner for an album. You know, like hmm. if you went and bought the latest... I'll give, um, you, I'll give you some of it, man. Some of these songs are real bangers, man. They are, yeah, there's some yeah. good stuff here. Uh, oddly enough, like it reminded me of like DDR. It's like, oh yeah, this reminds me of like playing DDR when I was a teenager. Um, yeah. Well, there's there's the sticky wicket, isn't it? Oh god, I hate that phrase. Why? Why? What's wrong with that? Are we talking Ewoks? <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, we're talking about wicket the Ewok. Okay, uh, okay. Uh, so a bit of the sticking point in wickets, mm-hmm. wicket is, uh, hmm. Is the music worth it? I guess. Like, did you guys really click with it? Because mm. I mean, well, I'm in a trick. I'm in important. A, I'm in a sticky wicket situation here. In this case, <laughs> at the time, I had picked up the collection of Mana on the Switch. I was playing a little bit of Secret of Mana, so I'd seen a beautiful soundtrack there. Um, I'd had a quick look at Castlevania Symphony of the Night again. Uh, so music was amazing from all fronts. I'd picked up. The uh, I finally got around to listening to the latest Queens of the Stone Age album, which, despite being produced by Mark Ronson, is actually quite decent. From what I was oh, good. Hearing. I was worried Mark Ronson was going to ruin it. No, Mark. I like Mark Ronson has got. A, it's unfortunate who he chooses to work with because he is an actual genius. It's just well, except for those times when he's not. I mean, that's the problem with old Mark Ronson. Is sometimes he'll pick a good guy. I have no idea who Mark Ronson is. <laughs> oh, good, good. But anyway, the the main point is that not really any of this music hit me, and I think that was the intention of the game to get me get me pulled in with the music. Oh, really? Things like Res okay. look fine. Um, you know, uh, I like Elite Beat Agents. I like Uendan. I like I like I like all sorts of rhythm games, but. Oh, just... look at you pulling the O end in. Well, you can't, oh, you can't oh, just oh. say Elite Beat Agents because that's the slightly inferior version of it. And it's completely different. Hey, I like Avril Lavigne songs sung by kind of crappy covers, okay? <laughs> um, but... No, no, I mean, I, I guess for me, like, I listen to this type of music anyway. Like, this is kind of some of my jam, is this stuff. Which, I guess, in case you don't know, it's kind of a tech pop kind of sound to it a little bit of little bit of uh retro wave in there but mostly tech pop funnily enough ne- neon genesis evangelion i think had had songs in uh t- is it taiko drum master on the switch am i right okay yeah that's a, that's, um, a, that's a weird fair. thing but i, I don't know where and um, tai tai chicken it up i like that <laughs> Taisuken, Taisuken. Isn't it Tatsujin no Taiko? Let me. That's the one I'm trying to say. I've got it on my Switch thing. While we're doing this this kind of nonsense, let me also state that it's pronounced Evangelion. Yeah, uh, I know. I I sort of blurred the lines. No, it's not. It's Evangelion. It's not a jelly. It's Uh, not Evangelion. It's called Taiko no Tatsujin Drum and Fun. I switched it around. Okay, so now that wow, we've really gone into the weeds, like we're up to our neck in the weeds. I'm sorry, Ian. Um, <laughs> I love you, Ian. Um, Ian apologies. came around today and he dropped off uh, my copy of The Outer Worlds, which we will be playing soon. But he also dropped stuck in an extra uh, Xenoblade Chronicles Two. Oh, so he hates you. Now, Ian, I I don't know you personally. But if we ever meet, I'm willing to hold hands. But that's as far as I'll go on the first date. So, <laughs> anyway, uh, we've now talked. About, uh, you could have completed the game about three minutes ago. Mm-hmm. So, 
this <laughs> I was gonna say sticky wicket just because it's fun now. But um God damn it. this is the first like genuine game that I would put into the art category. Mm-hmm. And I'm not somebody that likes looking at video games as art. But do you guys find yourself playing a lot of these out of curiosity? Um I quite like I quite like things that are just either short and sharp and beaty, like um can't even remember the name of it, so I'll just keep talking. Do you, do you talking things like res, like that kind of area of it's your the whole package rather than just the gameplay? It's sort of like res, your limbos, your your insides, your unravels. Yeah. Um, trying to think of something that's not from the last two years. I know, I know. Uh, though, though, I think. You, hmm. Do you know what I would say? Right. F- Barring that, oh my god! For some strange your dear reason, esters, your shit like that. Do you know the one that I've played that's really, really good, and I've mentioned it before, and I genuinely think you should play it because it's great. Is Ether One or Ether One? Oh yeah, yeah, I know Ether One. Uh, that's the space station one, right? Nope, it's what? not. It's the one. It's the one where it deals with dementia as a thing. Wait, Ether One's not the one where there's a group of people and you're trying to figure out what the problem is, but you're in the aftermath of it, so you gotta try to figure out what happened beforehand? No. What one is that? That's, um, I've, I've, I've got no that. Idea. I can't remember the name, but... Is it? It's not Firewatch. That's another one. Uh, yeah, you're what remains of Edith Finch. You're everybody's gone to the rapture because think, this game is really boring. Of, I think Tacoma. Tacoma. Yeah, yeah. Tacoma. Yeah. Tacoma. Tacoma is the one you def you definitely think that's on Game Pass as well. I or Soma play it and then it's another one. Just thought I'm not going to. <laughs> They've all got the same name. Um, I hate to say it, but <laughs> they all blur into one. Um, apologies, apologies yeah. to developers. They're the the kind of game. Apart from apart from the the um the few standout ones again, it's like a subgenre of indie that I really I'm really interested in, and I will read about, and I will I really really appreciate, it and I'll look at it and think that's brilliant, but I just don't want to play it. Yeah, like I look at it as art. If you see what I mean, like um, I I did a little test for myself. I know this is this one was like the big hot button one back back a couple years ago, but I played Gone Home, and mm-hmm. I didn't know what Gone Home was about, and I didn't know how to complete it in you know five minutes or whatnot, and I got really bored, really bored yeah. playing it, and then I read about it, and I found myself way more interested reading about it. Than actually experiencing it, and this, on the other hand, I find the opposite. I am much more enjoying playing it than reading about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's it's because this one relies on the whole package, the aesthetic, the the music. It's got something to it, whereas something like, you know, everything that we've mentioned before, a lot of it's just about that issue or that story driven point that comes across better when you read it. It's like reading a book versus playing the game version of a book, and you're like, oh my god, I could just be reading the book. Why have they added this game in? The game is not necessary to tell the story. Um, There are people that would crucify us for this kind of uh, attitude, and not to to offend my my good friend, Michael. Always look on the bright side. (laughs) (laughs) This kind of falls in the same category for me as visual novels do where it's like if i'm in a specific mood yeah these things are great they're awesome any other time in my life they're the worst yeah i I started i the somnium files the other day so i love my visual novels but it's hard to break into one that's for sure um in terms of these sort of games i i was about to say i don't usually bother with them but <clears throat> then I then I thought, hang on a moment. I uh, going back to the iPad again. Years ago, um, one of the first games I really got engrossed with was Super Brothers uh, Sword and Sorcery EP. Oh, and Sorcery, sir. Sorcery, sorry, apologies. And funnily enough, that game appeared as a free. It was free on Google Play Store and iOS today. I think so. Get it, get it if you see it, but. But I grabbed it straight away, even though I've completed it before. I thought, you know what? I, 
I could well give that another another shot. So I mean, there's there's a time and place for them, and yeah, yeah, I'm, for the price of nothing, obviously going to be all over it. But you know, I I I have a collection of them sitting in a folder on my PlayStation as palate cleansers between RPGs. To be honest, <laughs> you know, like if you go and sit and hit a few RPGs, you're like, oh my god. Oh my god, that's like I'm playing three different fallouts just now. So I need to play something else just to just to take the edge off before I go in and start playing Bloody Dragon Age Inquisition again or something. That's that's really fit for me. Or if I've got a day where the kids are away and Laura's away and I, I just want to sit and just do something chilling and you can complete one of these in a whole in a day. If that's a thing, go for it. Cause hmm. Yeah, like, uh, while you guys were talking, I was ignoring everything you were saying, and, um, because, uh, Craig, you, you mentioned playing other games besides, you know, Super Monkey Island 2 in between games, and we all know that's all you play in between games, but, uh, looking at my, my, just my PS4 collection, yeah, I've got none of these, like, none of these kind of games on disc at all, and it might be just because it's disc, disc. but, I mean, some of them have hit disc, for sure, it's just... Mm -hmm. The they never interest me at all, and it's it's kind of strange. I've got a heap. It's the kind of game that I normally pick up in the sales when they were digital only. So I've got I've got heaps of them sitting there, and I play th- play through them every so often. Like everybody's gone to the Rapture is the slowest game. Like I've never known anyone to walk so slowly. It's so frustrating, and I pushed my way through that, and it was just not worth the it. Was, it was a, that's I, a boring I, game. That is a very boring game. I watched about five minutes of it and realized I'd rather rip my toenails out through my dick hole than finish playing uh-huh. that game. That game looks so boring. I mean, yeah, but it, I don't know if I would rather rip my toenails out through my dick hole. Like, that's really extreme. Well, the trick is I don't have big toenails, so I can just say I did, oh. and we're good to go. Uh, yeah, no, like, like the, I, I guess... When it comes to games, I need something to bite into. And in this, there is mm-hmm. something to bite into. And I think that's why it stands out for me. Like, everybody's gone to the Rapture or um, What Remains of Edith Finch. Like, reading about that game, that game is amazing. That game is cool. But if I had mm-hmm. to play it, toenails would be off. It's just, yeah. I, I don't know what it is. But this actually had something for me to bite into. Even if it is something as simple as collect these floating icons it's still yeah. something engaging. So, uh, I think we well, should jump. Uh, before... on, I think we should jump onto a positive point of this, which is that there are multiple different sort of ways the game plays out. Because I don't think we talked enough about the gameplay. I mean, you got what skateboards, motorbikes. Well, not, not motorbikes. I might have made that. One oh up. yeah, you got skateboards. <laughs> you got motorcycles. You're riding on a deer. You're running. You're floating. You're flying. It's uh, I would say at least once a level, there there's a momentum shift where you go from running to now you're flying, or you go from riding a deer to now it's a motorcycle with a sword attached to it. You know, it, it's it's a. I mean, I guess for me, normally at the start of the chorus, of yeah, the song. yeah, yeah. Well, generally, when there's a momentum shift in the in the music, it'll hit it. Yes. Um, and and. I think to be fair, we've been like ninety percent positive about this. It's when we talk about other stuff yeah. that we're negative. I think that's it. Wait, this is something like a negative podcast. But if we extracted just Cyanide Wild Hearts, the only down point that we've got is that value. Yeah, problem. You know what I mean? Other th- the only other time I felt like this was playing Ico. It was the only other time I felt the mm. way I do about Cyanide Wild Hearts. I got Ico on PlayStation Plus. I got it on PS2 because, you know, I'm not a poser, Craig. Yeah, Um, Yeah, I like my games free. (laughs) So, yeah, all right, you know what? Uh, We've gone really long and we shouldn't have. Let's wrap this sucker up. Um, Sorry for it being so, you know, scattershot there, Ian, but uh, it's an interesting topic this brings up. So go ahead and knock out final thoughts, guys. (gasps) Mike, you go first. Okay then. Okay. Um. So yeah, yeah. So I really just think I was waiting I, for I, it. I just totally <laughs> waiting for it. <laughs> so, so, so go, running, we're along another parallel. Um, when you were saying just then about any other games you've got along these sort of aims, I'd, I'd say at one point I did pick up her story, which was a 
I knew it was a low tech oh, sort of thing. I love that game. It was, yeah. I think it was three pound ninety nine at the time, and I thought that's that's probably a steal. I reckon I'll get a good three four hours out of it, and it was good. You know, it lived up completely to to its name. And as you've heard from the podcast, there isn't really, you know, apart from maybe not fully understanding where where they're coming from with it, things like that. Um, one well, one of my one of my favorite little little indie groups, which comes out with some some crazy hits from time to time, is Vlambeer, because they can, you know, they can they can sort of like straddle across mobile to console and back and forth and they do really well um i think this is coming from the same sort of heart and it, and it does it it does it well it's just the price the price is well off um as a free four pound game this is an absolute steal uh approaching the sort of 10 pound mark there's not a chance in hell i'd want to recommend it um now that's just me because i'm I, you know that's that's the way i i choose to buy stuff but the game itself. You're a legendary skinflint, Mike. I mean, of course I am. Of course I am. Give but, yourself props. But it allows me to absorb as many games as I humanly can, and and that's the way I like to keep it. Um, I think I'm going to have to say, you know what? I'm going to recommend it, but on the basis that there's going to be one part that you like. If it's, if it might be the story, I'm going to wager probably not. Probably the gameplay, uh, and it's a decent little distraction. But again. Don't pay too much for it if you can. So, Craig? I think I'm pretty much along the same lines. You know, like, it's a touch expensive, but so is going to cinema. And People go to activities. the movies? Yeah. Huh. I'm going to see a film all the time. I'm going to the pictures for a wee show. Don't do it now. Don't go. Don't go, Craig. No one ever used that argument of it's the price of a beer because I don't drink, so I have no idea what the price of a beer is. Um, I think it's like if you get a can of craft beer, it might be like two pounds for a can. So you're talking about seven or eight beers. Yeah, yeah. a good haul. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, yeah. I I just think the the game itself, the gameplay is fine. The music is great. The overall aesthetic, the overall presentation is fantastic. Queen Latifah is great. Everything positive about it, but it just falls down in the price, and that's that's about that's about all I can say. Wait for it to pop up in a sale. You go to P. Have you seen PS Prices, the website? No. You can you can sign up to PS Prices. Pick what store you're watching. Flag games. And it'll ping you an email when they drop price or go on sale, when it's the lowest price it's ever been. It tracks the price throughout oh, the time. Nice. So you can see, you know, like, oh, look at Christmas, that game was that price. So it must go on sale at Easter at that price. That kind of thing. So maybe do that. Don't buy it. It's £9.70 just now or something like that. Oh, and that's, still that's right for me. I, I think it's about maybe $9, maybe £7 six pounds something like that i don't know oh, and then we're just talking this is back to that thing then we're talking about pounds yeah, yeah we're well, trying to put like, a price on well <laughs> while we're in. promoting price buy yeah. check them out and is there any deal they are other other tools oh. um <laughs> this is a great time to talk about stamps.com and how you can <laughs> um for me uh like like they both said it, it's a it's a touch pricey for me if i got this game for free like if it was a Christmas gift or something, I'd be kind of over the moon with it. I genuinely like this game. Uh, it's not something I want to replay over and over again, but the overall just package of it, I think, is spectacular. And like Craig and Mike said, like Queen Latifah knocks out the park. I want Queen Latifah DLC for Darkest Dungeon and Bastion. <laughs> she does a really cool job here. Um, I would say I, I totally recommend this. But it's really going to click for a certain type of person. Like a certain type of personality is really going to click with this. And I think it's kind of worth taking that shot to see if it does. Because from what I've read, the people it does, it's kind of like, yeah, like Craig said, Celeste. And when it clicks, it clicks. So I think it's absolutely worth taking that shot. If it doesn't click with you story-wise, then that's fine. You got a really cool game to get through. So, yeah, uh, this is kind of three thumbs up, I guess. Yeah. So, um, th- thank you, Ian. I'll be sending you a bill for fifteen ninety nine shortly. <laughs> um, if you, like Ian, 
cool guy. I like to think he has green hair, mohawk, two earrings. Basically, he looks like Birdie from that's Street a, Fighter. That's a character that's what skate looks or die, like. I think. Skate. Either that or he was a punk or in... Die. Uh, <laughs> Die 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 Yeah, so if you see anyone on the street, he looks like Birdie from Street Fighter. Give him an old pat on the back for for recommending this game. And if you want to recommend a game, it doesn't have to be short like this. It it's you know it'll take a lot longer if it's an RPG because we do a lot of those. But if someone wants to request Dragon Age Inquisition, that would just that would be great. At this point. I, uh, a little behind the scenes, uh, I th- we all get a chance to veto something. And uh, if Dragon Age Inquisition came up, I would hope Mike would use his veto. And then when Xenoblade Chronicles comes in, I get to veto it. Because those are two games I don't ever want to play. So please don't recommend them. Um, if you Mass would like Effect to... Mass Effect 2. Someone recommend Mass Effect. Look, there's oh a thing in God. my brain that says playing games that I've platinumed are impossible. They're broken. I'll never be able to play them again. Leave them be. Please. Um, But yes, if you'd like to recommend a game, uh, you can do that on the website at thebiteffect.com. We have a little form. If you want to tell us your thoughts of Wild Hearts, of like maybe it clicked with you, explain why. I mean, you don't have to get too personal. Recommend Dragon Age 2. Nobody likes Hawk. Nobody. Um, I liked Hawk and V. That's because Hawk in three is generic. He, he's not like Hawk. He is in two. Is he not? Oh. No, not not really, because they don't know which way you went with the Hawk in two. Um, so now that we're done talking about Ethan Hawk, uh, <laughs> if this did click with you and you'd like to maybe explain why, you don't have to get too personal, but I'd be really interested to read about it because you know when it's people on the internet, yeah, they're just people on the internet. But you know, if it's part of our audience, well, they're really cool people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah. Other than that, gentlemen, I think all that's left to say is to say... Wild Hearts! Ah, jeez. <laughs> I was really looking for, you know... Abiento. Uh, Abiento. Ooh, that's a fancy <laughs> one. I was really hoping for a CU Space Cowboy or something like that, but I guess we'll go with Sayonara Wild Hearts. All right. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening, and we will catch you next time on whatever episode we do next, because I don't know where this is going to fit in the episode schedule. So, Because <laughs> <laughs> it's Fusion Frenzy that's next. <laughs> no. Jesus. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much, and we'll see you later. All right. All right goodbye. Bye.